When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. The weeks are flying and here we are now on the eve of the semi-final weekend. The first one tomorrow night, 5.50 our time. And it is Melbourne against uh, the Lions. The teams are in. Also, the teams are in. The squad's anyway for Fremantle against Collingwood at the MCG. We're going to go through that. We're going to go through all the issues of the week. And not forgetting, you can join us anytime on the Temper of Bedsheet text line 0487 736 736 or the Scarborough Toyota open line 1312. 55. Hags, Tim Hagdon with us on a Thursday night. Good evening, mate. Hello, Peter. How are you? Not bad. Well done, by the way. Monday night, you unveiled before anybody else the AFL television broadcast details. And, of course, they got wind of it. Uh, Other media outlets and all of a sudden, uh, Gillam McLaughlin and uh, Kerry Stokes and Richard Goyder, the chairman of the AFL, conducted a press conference where it was unveiled. The only thing we weren't sure about was no doubt the length, which is now seven years, and it's $4.5 billion, <laughs> of which uh, $500 million is in contra for advertising. So it's clean $4 billion over yeah, seven years. Yeah. But I think it shores up um, uh, the community level of it as well. I mean, the football will be able to pay for itself and, and assist its own growth, and especially well, in, it needs, through community it, football, it, waffle football, sandful football needs some kind of assistance. And country football. Country football, yeah. youth football throughout our, let's say, throughout our metropolitan area. If someone's decided that over the next, and it's a decade, it's not just a seven-year deal. It's till 2031. Yeah, and, and so that means we've got two more years to go before mm. it all kicks in. Um, so it, it, is, it shores up the development of the game, the community redevelopment, I think in a lot of ways the re-establishment, and even from a, a youth viewpoint, uh, I know of, of some of the waffle clubs that have had to combine their junior councils because they didn't have enough teams to run their own junior council. Well, I know I'm harking back a long way, but uh, I can remember you know, when I first got involved in covering footy after being involved in mm. community football, you know, the Waffer and the suburban, uh, the South Suburban and then the Sunday Football League, it was, it was strong, it was powerful, but every Waffle club had its own youth councils up to about under-19s. Correct. And now we know that the likes of Perth and East Perth and Swan Districts, they've got to have one com- combined competition to have under-15s and under-17s. And, and so if, if there's some degree of longer-term strategy over the next decade to help replenish Aussie rules. That's what I call it the AFL. I try to differentiate, Peter, between the AFL and, it should be and Aussie rules. It, the game is Australian rules football. However, I've heard eight-year-olds say, I play AFL. Yeah. I, I've heard eight-year-olds say, when I've said, I've got to watch the AFL on Saturday, on, on Saturday can't you see me play? I'm... I play AFL. Mm. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, and you're not you're not going to correct the, an eight year old, yeah. but there 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 is that Aussie rules versus AFL, and Aussie rules around the country can benefit from this. I hope. 
they don't waste money because we know there has been some money on reflection and in hindsight that has been wasted on certain oh, projects well, no, by the well, AFL. I'm reading your mind because you and I have discussed this off air and on air before. Mm. I mean, you constantly criticise the Western Sydney Correct. Uh, model, for example. It's not going to work. Well, it is not going to work and it will never work. Peter, they might not have gotten $4.5 billion if they didn't have advancement and potential growth in Western Sydney. There's no potential but, growth there for AFL or Aussie rules. Um, again, I can't again, see where it's going to come from. I people, can't see where it's going to come from. The fabric. Look, this weekend we have got the two powerful rugby league teams in the West, Penrith and pa- uh, Parramatta, doing battle. GWS have been poor since their inception. Okay, it got to a grand final. What happened in the grand final against Richmond? It was one of the worst grand final performances I've ever seen. They kicked, what, three goals for the whole game. It'll need, I don't know, you've got to change people's psyche. And we talk about being glued on. Now, there's listeners that are glued on to certain radio stations. There are TV viewers that are glued on to certain TV stations, regardless of what you, what you throw at them. It's the same situation in Sydney. People in the West are glued onto rugby league, and you could maybe have, who knows, um, Brad Pitt playing football for GWS. They won't go, mate. They won't go. What? What is your business model? How many people do you want to attract out of Western Sydney? There's four and a half million there, and they get four thousand at a game. So you're going to grow it. The, the same argument was yelled and screamed when when South Melbourne was relocated to Sydney. And no, look where, it was a look bit where, different. Look where they're well, look where they are at now. The Four, Sydney, Sydney are on. a huge part. Yeah, so I'm not just looking at Western Sydney yesterday or next week. Again, in eight or ten years' time, whatever there would be, there will be some growth. But it just depends on on what 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 level you're expecting it to grow to. You can't compare it okay, can to I also a tell you, Collingwood or even can, Brisbane's growth. Did, I, did you think Brisbane would be successful? Do you remember the start of the Sydney Swans? Yeah, it was Hollywood. Yeah, Doctor Jeffrey no, well, Anderson. Hang on. Not hang the on, start. What? Not the start. Warwick no, no, Kappa. no. The late. No, no. The late eighties. The eighties. Yeah, the they late eighties, early nineties. Not, not eighty-two when they started. No. Okay, no. so they went. But all I'm also su- suggesting is that I lived in Sydney for a period of time. Western Sydney compared to Sydney Central could be two different countries. The people that live in Western Sydney don't aren't the same people that live in the CBD or the eastern suburbs of Sydney or around that area. It's a completely different model. And they are mainly migrants that come from other cultures where, uh, and we've seen it, the Samoans or the Pacific Islanders that settle in the Western Sydney play rugby league. So the kids affiliate with them. I, I just can't see it working, Hags. I really, and in the end, if you're a business person, you look at the return on investment, they've put so much money into it. They've got zero return so far. It is part of. The four point five billion dollar arrangement and is part of the business plan to have eighteen teams for the next nine seasons. So where does Tasmania fit in? Uh, hopefully. So hopefully, then you've got nineteen teams. Yeah, hopefully uh, that there's more of a, a relocation hmm. or, or an AFL club. But can't Tasmania it, don't but want a relocation. I know all that. I know all that. Why do you Alistair Clarkson's gone there to help the prospect be redirected. Rest assured, that is still part of uh, behind the scenes. Mind you, Gillan McLaughlin's going to walk away from that. This is Andrew Dillon who will inherit that Correct. part of it, whatever they decide in coming weeks, because I think we're, we're also going to get, we were told we'd get a, we would get an announcement on Tasmania during August. We're now into September. Mm. 
and the priority looks as though it was to, to complete complete all the negotiations relating to the television rights, which they've done, and and as we now know, it was concluded last weekend here in Perth and announced on Tuesday. $4.5 billion for 18 teams in the competition for at least nine more years, Peter. So no, it's great the money. GWS and, and the, the, the thing is, don't also, you, you, you're critical of GWS. There are 13 other AFL teams that require AFL assistance annually, Peter. Not just GWS, not just Gold Coast, but a heck of a lot. The Bulldogs, St Kilda. I mean, we could keep North naming Melbourne. clubs. North Melbourne especially. And North Melbourne is being bankrolled with what they've done with Alistair Clarkson, with him now chasing players, putting in place his own staff, uh, chasing Peter Jackson, who was uh, the chief executive put in there by the AFL, chasing Peter Jackson to take over North Melbourne as chief executive. I don't think he'll take it. My information is he's not that keen to get back into the hurly-burly of trying to run an AFL club. He's semi-retired. But that's what Alistair Clarkson is chasing. Alistair Clarkson's running North Melbourne with a backing of the AFL. Okay. Give us your thoughts uh, regarding... Certainly the deal is is phenomenal. It's brilliant for the AFL. And credit to Gillam McLaughlin. That, that'll be his legacy, as many people uh, have mentioned. Uh, and it's etched in stone for 2031. And let's hope they use, as we say, the money wisely. Okay, let's have a look at the teams, Hags. Uh, there's four teams doing battle across the weekend in the semifinals. As basically predicted, uh, there isn't much of a change, if any change, for the Fremantle Dockers. And, and gladly not. Uh, I, I, th- I clearly think that uh, Matt Tabiner is not only uh, still recovering from his calf strain, I'm not so sure that ultimately, when he's available, if, if they make it to a preliminary final, I've got a little bit around about their uh, plans for mm. if Fremantle do win on Saturday evening, what they plan to do next week and then potentially the even week the week after. after yeah. yeah, I don't see that Matt Taverner should be playing ahead of uh, Jai Amos at any state. He hasn't had a good second half of the season. He's had one good game all, all season, Matt Taverner, and he's incredibly injury-prone. And if you've got, and he Rob... wasn't that good last Sunday no. for Peel. Regardless, there was a carry what... on. I thought the coverage of that. Yeah, was... I, I thought it was over the top because I was there broadcasting yeah. the game, and he wasn't that flash. He's look, he wasn't that flash, and he hasn't had a good uh, a good second half to the season. And we've we've harped on about that. I, I hope that Amos holds his spot. He'll have to play well enough and and recover. I, I think uh, after Saturday, mm-hmm. if if. Fremantle get through and continue. I hope he holds his spot for a preliminary final as well. So we did, and we did anticipate no change. There is there is a couple of little injury watches I think that we need to keep an eye on. I think James Ace has got a calf, a, a cork mm-hmm. in the calf. It's similar to what um, uh, Christian Petrarca is nursing, as well as his bro- his cracking a, a fracture in in the, the fibula. So it's similar type of cork in the calf. And certainly we're keeping an eye also on, uh, on Nathan O'Driscoll, who, who did tweak an ankle, uh, but both probably going to play, probably come up. Fremantle look like having a closed session at the MCG tomorrow morning. They're not going to let anyone in to see it. And I, I suspect probably no media, but certainly no one in to see it. Uh, and then their plan is, Peter, my understanding is that Fremantle, if they win on Saturday night, will stay in Melbourne and stay in Melbourne the week. That's interesting. Yeah. Now, if they happen to beat Sydney, so they'll travel to Sydney mm-hmm. on next Thursday uh, or Friday, if it's a Saturday game, for, for, so they'll travel up Friday. So they would, their plan is to stay in Melbourne if they beat Collingwood on Saturday night to prevent the travel. And they've looked at some of the history of themselves and particularly West Coast 
in in uh, in the time we've all been in the AFL, the expansion of the VFL in in 87, 88, 89. But they've looked at that because Fremantle have finished fifth to eighth three times, 2003, 10 and 13. Never went past week two. West Coast have finished fifth to eighth 12 times since they've been in the AFL. Never gone past week two when finishing fifth or eighth. That's mm. WA teams 0 and 15. And some of it's always been attributed to we didn't finish in the top or we didn't get a home final in the second or third week and the travel really impacts. So Fremantle apparently, I'm led to believe, and I've heard this through some of their backroom staff, staying in Melbourne if they beat Collingwood on Saturday night. And travelling up play, to Sydney travelling on up Thursday. To Sydney, should they win the preliminary final, staying in Melbourne for grand final week. Okay. Let's take some calls, Hags, and we've got a few texts too on the temper of bedshed text line 0487 736 736. And Steve of Riverton has called on the Scarborough Toyota open line 13 12 55. Steve, thanks for your call. Yeah, hi, Pete. Just on what um, the staying in Melbourne before I get to my point, yep. probably find that they think that's going to be beneficial because most of these players would have lived that, you know, obviously in the last two years. So, the teams before would not have lived it, so probably harder to convince or even work around. But given that they've done that for two years, it probably makes sense because they already know what they're in for. There's no problems there. And I think, Steve, you haven't said it, but it's because of the COVID arrangements, hasn't it, the last couple of seasons? I've got that in my notes here as well. It, they are now versed in it. So I don't think it was a difficult sell for Fremantle as well as uh, to be guarded against that travel fatigue factor that has influenced WA-based teams in the past when they've tried to go through to a preliminary or grand final from the bottom part of the top eight, the fourth, the, the fifth through to eighth positions. No, good call. Yeah, good call, Stephen. Are you going to talk about the AFL expansion teams as well, do you? Yeah, look, I, I tend to agree with you, Pete. Oh, I think that, you know... If, one of the one of the two needs to go, and I, I think that you know, obviously, Aggers are saying that they got the four point five based on Greater Western Sydney, whatever. Well, I, I'd still think they'd get the four point five if one of them was Tasmania. In fact, it could even be four point six, four point seven. We don't know. Mm. I, I think, I think they got it wrong. I think, I don't know which one goes. I, I don't know the numbers, but. I think one of them has got to go to make way for Tasmania. I know it's not going to happen now, but I just think that was probably a really bad decision at the time. To uh, Maybe Gold Coast stays because there might be potential there, but I, I tend to agree with you. From those that I know that live in Western Sydney, that they're just never going to embrace yeah. it. Can I, can I say... It with, yeah, go on, yeah. Steve. Go they on. haven't embraced it with the success that they had. When's it going to happen? And the other thing, Steve, let me also say that I reckon the AFL can be a bit reactionary at things. You know, I reckon they've certainly grown AFLW, which I reckon is a great competition and will become a great uh, component of Australian rules football. But they've grown it too quick. To go to 18 teams within seven years is far too quick an expansion. Knee-jerk for me. And I reckon they didn't do enough research before they brought GWS in. For mine, they needed to sit back and slowly see how can we grow Australian rules football at community level, at the second tier level, before we put an AFL team in. And I've always suggested that the AFL at times is a bit of a reactionary body. Uh, thanks for your call, Steve. Let's go to uh, Lisa at Ellenbrook. Hello, Lisa. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks, Pete. Um, hi, Kim. Hi, Lisa. Hope you're both going well. Thank you. Um, I think the I think um, the Suns have have done better than GWS. 
And I think if any team has to go, I think it should be GWS. GWS have played in the finals five of the last six seasons. Yeah, but look at the concessions they've been given, Hags. Yeah. Yeah, take your pick of the best players and, in and the land. And that was part of the business model. Has and it the, worked? They've played they in five they, of the last six finals. They have not won a premiership, Hags. They have not won a premiership. And everyone was forecasting. I think there's but, a team in purple down the road that hasn't yeah, won one either. Had, and there's a team in red, hang on. white and black that hasn't won one since yeah, 1966 on. and they doesn't have, look like but it. But they didn't get the concessions that GWS have been given. I think given. Fremantle... Fremantle anyway. uh, didn't actually use some of the concessions that well in 94, 95, 96, 97, to be honest. Anyway, Lise, you want to talk uh, about uh, a couple of other topics? Um, yeah, just on, on Aaron Finch. Um, Tuesday, he comes out and gets dismissed for five. And four of those were from an overthrow. Today, <laughs> out for a duck. His fifth... His, I had thought I'd better stick that one because he only got one run. His fifth duck for the year, which makes him the worst or the first Australian player in history to record five um, ODI ducks in, in a calendar year. Um, Haggers, how long, is it gonna be, how long is his reputation going to keep him in the game? Um, the first thing is that the Australian cricket team is now very much a boys' club, particularly with what the bunch of players and the support crew did what they did to Justin Langer. So in answer to that, he'll stay as long as he keeps getting such sort of public support is, oh, you can't rule a champion off out. He's working really hard on the nets. He just has to get a start and get a bit of luck. I mean, just the crap you're hearing from some of these blokes in commentary, his teammates, mm. and also some of the players when they're interviewed. Um, he'll stay because they've already named before this tournament. They named the T20 World Cup's team, and he's the captain. Now, that's only a month away. October, November is that T20 World Cup defence it's a really awkward problem that they've created for themselves. The, the current Australian hierarchy, which is run by the players, their coaching staff are all yes-men to the senior players, the likes of Cummins and Smith and Warner and, and Finch. So he stays, Lisa. He stays. But you look at his figures. His white ball cricket just this year alone, he's had, uh, he's had 23 innings, 23 innings for an average of 30 in the T20 and an average of 13 mm. in the in the 50-50 games, it's a massive question and a massive problem for Australian cricket because they're preparing this group. They're experimenting with this group to prepare for the 50-50 World Cup this time next yeah. year. And Aaron Finch is supposedly going to be part of it. Uh, Lise, we need to move on very quickly. Uh, anything else you'd like to have a chat? Because we need to take a break. I, I a few other calls. Willie, Willie Rioli, he had no intentions of, of um, going back to the um, to the Eagles. You know, he was talking talking the other day. You know, that him and his late father were talking about this 18 months ago. Um, so, Haggers, what do you reckon that that they'll get for him, or who will they get for him? Oh, I reckon a sec, uh, yeah, second round, second round draft pick. Uh, I reckon so. Somewhere in the twenties, Port will have to work to get, and they'll probably get that in a compensation with with losing Carl Amon to Hawthorne. Yeah. Good on you, Lee. Thanks for the call. Paul at Churchlands waiting online. Paul, uh, sorry to keep you waiting, mate. Just a couple of minutes and we'll come to you here. On Drive with Peter Vlahos and Kim Hagdorn, it's AFL Team Selections Night on this Thursday night and it's all thanks to Toolmart, the complete tool centre. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmart, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. 22 minutes past five. Uh, here with Peter Vlahos and Kim Hagdorn, the most patient man in the world. Thanks, Paul of Churchlands. No, Paul of oh. Churchlands <laughs> is the man. Hey, Paul, how are you going? Good day, boys. How are you going? It's Donnie here. 
No, it's not. <laughs> you're on the wrong. You're on the wrong uh, wavelength. You're on the wrong yeah. channel. No, no, no. Mate, I got it. I had this discussion with Peter today. How good would you be being the coach down at Bill Thunder when you've got 15 yeah. AFL-listed players playing against a waffle side? With part-time footballers, and uh, let me tell you, you who this is. Let me hang, hang on. What about West Coast who had 15 and got trounced, kicked three goals, 14? Nine and a half of them are worth counting. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> could I ask? Uh, this is Paul McGovern. Oh, uh, now at G and A Lombardi, uh, uh-huh. who deal in in trailers and semi-trailers and all that sort of stuff. Formerly, Haggis, you'd remember, yeah, W.A. Hino. Yeah, W.A. Hino. Yeah, great. For, and just correct me, Paul, W.A. Hino, I reckon for 40 years. Yeah, he was there a long time, but now he's at G&A uh, Lombardi. Oh, no, no, hang on. So you started when you were, you were five. <laughs> <laughs> something like that, yeah, something like that. And then and the other one you, I didn't mention. Yeah, go on. The other one I didn't mention to you this morning, Peter. It was it 2005 or 2006 when Frio got beat in the prelim by Sydney? 2006. Yeah, you know where I'm going to be um, for that game, Peter. I was in Germany when they got beat by by Sydney, and I and I rushed back for the grand final, not knowing that West Coast were going to get in, of course, from from Europe. And th- and this this year I'm in Germany again if they make it to the preliminary final. Oh. So that's going to be a bad omen. I'm <laughs> well, and part of, part of the omen is that it, they're back in Sydney if they win yeah. th- on Saturday. They're preliminary yeah, final. Mate, uh, Paul, it was great to catch up with you this morning there at uh, G&A Lombardi. Uh, you do a good job and uh, you got a good, good setup down there. Thanks uh, for uh, catching up with us this morning. We'll keep in touch. Good on you. Thanks, boys. Okay. See you, Paul. Yeah, he's a big uh, free man or Dockers man. Someone said to me before he, we get... Doggy's there. South from Manly's talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. South. In fact, his son, one of his boys, twin boys, actually plays the Colts down there. Um, the other thing, I, I also spoke to a couple of other people today and said, wouldn't you maybe try and reverse David Mundy's thoughts and give him another year? Well, they're the not his thoughts. Going, not, know, they're, they're, he but, was forced out. But wouldn't Free, I think, uh, maybe we should give him, maybe reverse our decision and offer him another year if possible. Think about that as we go to Alex at North Lake. Hello, Alex. How are you? Um, you are talking earlier about um, the success of um, football in Sydney. Yep. And um, you've only got to look at the checkered path of uh, the Sydney Swans that were um, sold to Jeffrey Edelston for mm. $6.3 million. And although the amount was never paid, he handed back the licence to uh, the VFL back in 86. They then resold the Sydney Swans to um, a consortium headed up by Willisie. And he ran it for a while and he got into strife, uh, into strife in 1992. And the AFL effectively bailed him out by refunding 1.9 million of the licence to back to um, Willisie, yeah. and, and they took over the running of the the, the um, Sydney Swans. The AFL took over the running. So, yeah, no, it's interesting. They've had an interesting career, but as I said, they're flying now. They are a very but, big brand but, but in, if, in the Harbour City now. My, my point on that is, if 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 it needs that sort of assistance to grow the Western Sydney model, then there is money there for the AFL to continue to do that. Uh, it, it does look flawed on the surface and, and certainly for, for years to come because I also am, am fully aware of just how difficult it is apparently to attract uh, Western, sub, Western Sydney suburban players, boys and girls, to actually play uh, Aussie rules at, at community levels. They, they just can't get them. So mm-hmm. it, it's, it's a real troubled program. 
but there is they'll clearly continue with it for a period of time yet and eventually um, given the 18 team concept model uh, business model that there's this 4.5 billion has been drawn on uh, it could easily be a close down and then something out of Tasmania but t- Tasmania won't wait for much longer Tasmania needs to get given I reckon a time timeline now in this next few weeks whether it be 2025, if it's much more beyond that, it's it's not worth going with. Mm. Okay. That, that's getting away from the argument on Western Sydney. Good on you, Alex. Uh, thanks, thanks for your Alex. call. You can join us any time, uh, 13 12 55, wherever you may be listening around the state and here in Perth. Now, uh, this is from Paul down at Margaret River. Everyone loves a winner. If the Giants regularly win games of footy, people will flock to see him, even if they are not lovers of AFL, and they will learn to <sighs> love the game. I'm not well, so sure of that, though. Yeah, I mean, they sure might. You, clearly, they have to be a bunch of winners for that sort of to, to eventuate. But they've, as we've just pointed out a little while ago, uh, that was, what did you say, Paul? Uh, that was Paul down Paul, at Margaret. Margaret River. You know, in 2016, they were fourth. 17, 2017, they were, they were fourth. Uh, played in a grand final. 218, sixth. 219, 219, sorry, grand final. Finished second. And 221 last year, finished sixth. So they have been winning enough to, to be an attraction, but it hasn't done so as yet. Mm. The stadium's poor. That needs to be made uh, more appealing to corporate uh, and commercial ventures. It, it's not a it's not a good stadium for commercial involvement. It's no. so small, and there's not a heck of a lot of corporate suites. Uh, and, there's not, and there's not a lot out there either. It's uh, it, the Olympic precinct, which, of course, since the 2000 Olympic Games, nothing much has uh, really been done. Well, there's a new uh, stadium there now. Yeah. Now, here we go. This is uh, a couple more. Hi, Pete and Haggers. This is from Mike at Palmyra. Hey, Mike. Uh, why doesn't Freo use Erasmus, who I saw last week for Peel, and he was pretty good, or Matt Johnson as emergencies? Using players the opposition doesn't know much about could be an advantage for the Fremantle Dockers going to the game against Collingwood. I'm not so sure either of those boys are ready for regular. If they were the sub, for instance, then they could easily be on, uh, you know, two or three minutes into the game, similar to what we saw perhaps, say, uh, last uh, Thursday night when uh, Oscar McInerney was knocked out. So a player goes into the game two or three minutes. I I just don't think either of those boys are really ready. What part of the Fremantle business plan and future so plan with those two boys, particularly Erasmus? I think Johnson's a lot further mm. off in terms of development. Uh, he's had some injury problems. I, I don't see him as immediate plan for Fremantle in 2023, but Erasmus is. But they need to move one or two players on to create a place. So this is part of the reason why Blake Akers has been given such a a low contract offer and now he's going to accept a deal somewhere else. It looks very much as though I'm prepared to suggest it's going to be Carlton because that creates a place for Erasmus to come into Mm. the midfield, part of that rotation. It's another reason why they moved David Mundy on. And it's another reason, Peter, in answer to your hypothetical just moments ago, David Mundy needs to move on because Nathan Fife is there. He could be a bit of a problem to them next year with his injury proneness and his injury history now. He might not play regularly. So that's where Johnson and Erasmus will come into the mix more often and particularly Erasmus. So I think Johnson's a bit further away. Can I throw you a hypothetical and I'll use Doug Hawkins as an example all those years ago where he thought he wasn't done and dusted, played at Footscray, said, bugger you because they they didn't want him anymore and he played that one year at Fitzroy. Could David Mundy no, no. played another AFL club oh, for a season. He could. He could. Um, however, he turns 38 next season. Which club is going to take a bloke that turns 38? And you might throw up, you know, Luke Hodge and Sam Mitchell, uh, Sean Burgoyne, all the boys that played lengthy periods of time 
after getting through into their 30s, particularly the boys that have gone elsewhere, like Mitchell and Hodge straight away, that went elsewhere. They were in their early 30s. Yeah. They didn't turn 38 in the first season they went but to. You the, could, you when could, Sam Mitchell came here and when, when Hodge went to Brisbane. But for a young group, you could bring him in, use him as cover, educate the young uh, players about how he's done it. Uh, I reckon he'd be of value somewhere, but uh, as you so point Luke out... So Luke Hodge was 33. He played 305 games. Jordan Lewis was 30 when he got run out of Hawthorne. He'd played 264. Stevie Johnson was 32 and he'd played, uh, he played, 120, he played 253 when he went to GWS in 16-17. I could keep naming. Sam Mitchell was 34 when he came here to West Coast. And didn't that cost us Matt Prittis? Mm. What a stupid move that was to okay. get Sam Mitchell. They brought him here to play for two seasons. It forced Prittis into retirement, and then Sam Mitchell didn't last his two seasons as a coach. So, And who broke the story about Sam Mitchell coming to the West Coast Eagles? I remember that a few years PR. ago. Yeah, who was the guy behind that? <laughs> Kim Hagdor. All right, we're going to take a break, come back with more in a moment. 28 to 6. As we go to the break, Bailey Banfield has signed a contract extension at the Fremantle Dockers for another couple of years. Here he is as we go to the break, and then we'll come back with more of your calls on the Scarborough Toyota Open. Line 131255 or the Temperate Bedshed text line 0487 736 736. John of Jandicott has uh, text through Haggers. He says, Will Adam Simpson play the kids next year or right. keep playing the old codgers? Yeah, it's been, I think, simultaneously my best year, but also probably my most frustrating. Being Medisub eight, nine times, something like that. There's a lot of frustrating chats with the coaches um, when, yeah, when, when you do get that disappointing news that. And Medisub, you sort of half dropped, but half not. And so it's a bit of a weird limbo to live in, I guess. Um, and I've almost felt every game this year that I'm playing for my spot, obviously. Um, and probably felt like I've been playing for my career as well for the last couple of years. Um, so, yeah, to have a bit of security is definitely nice. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolma, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA-owned and operated for over 40 years. All right, we've got plenty to get through, so let's get through. And I threw that just before the break, Haggers, regarding uh, the West Coast Eagles. Of course, they're always around here. Hi, guys. Bit of a topic. Uh, this is from John at Jandicott. Hello, Johnny. How are you? Hope all of things well in Jandicott. A bit uh, off the topic, but we take uh, about any topic. I just want your opinion to see whether you think West Coast are... Will Simpson play the kids next year or keep playing the senior guys on the back end of Nick Natanui, as we know, getting a two-year deal? I was amazed at that. One-year deal would yeah, have been absolutely. more common sense. You'd like to think that that's a one-year with a second-year clause that if you achieve a certain amount, if you stand up, because they're going to have to manage Nick Natanui next year anyway. This, I'd be staggered if he can play you know, any more than... 15 games next season. And that's why they're chasing Lloyd Meek to have him as the backup because they're a bit concerned about Bailey Williams. In answer to that query, West Coast had a meeting today with all their top footy people, Adam Simpson. What, management? Their top footy people and looking at the business plan. Mm -hmm. And all indications are that there's going to be a massive reprieve for all the support staff. So Warren Coford, man. Performance manager will stay. Glenn Stewart, the doctors, the physiotherapists. I thought there was going to be a clean out. Didn't everybody? Yeah, and we, we've Didn't. been talking about yep. it. Yep, but it looks very much as though Trevor Nisbet is tipped to endorse them to be given the one last chance to get this right next season. So in answer to that query, given what Adam Simpson has already indicated he's going to allow to play on, well, we know. So Nat Newey for a two-year deal, Shuey another one-year deal, Redden's got a one-year deal, all the old blokes are going to be the core of the team. 
Now, we know they're going to the draft and they're going to get four or five players inside. Once Who they need get, to be playing round one next season. Well, certainly the first four, let's say. Yeah. Let's say the, the first three or four picks must be playing AFL from round one next year. If Adam Simpson is absolutely fair dinkum about a redevelopment and he's going to rebuild his group. So West Coast have got picks number two, 20, 26 and 38. Let's say they get Port Adelaide's, uh, you know, a, a pick in the late 20s with Port Adelaide's compensation from the AFL for losing Carl Amon, who will go, you know, so they'll get compensation. Mm. He goes as a free agent. So let's say they have two, 20, 26, 28, 38. The first four pick there should be playing senior football next year. Yeah. Otherwise, Adam Simpson is just doing the same thing over again, over and over again. So you're we, and, and the players have all been told, and the concern is at West Coast, that all these blokes that were couldn't cope with pre-season training last year because they came back late and came back unfit, came back unfit. Some of the biggest names and the $1.2 million player, the million-dollar player, the $850,000 player, the, the $900,000 player who sat on the couch for 10 weeks before he decided to get the jab and, and train, go back yeah. and train. All these blokes came back unfit. And Adam Simpson, my understanding is he's very concerned that with the time off, they're off for eight weeks now, come back on December 4. So all these old blokes that they're continuing with, then train for three weeks and then have another three weeks off over Christmas. It's all part of the MOU. They have to have this. Concerned about whether they're going to be able to get themselves fully fit and healthy on their own. Yeah, you, well, don't you make sure that they damn well do? You know what I said about West Coast, you know, and I think, uh, to be fair, you spoke about management, is they need a fresh set of eyes on that business. There's been there, and no disrespect to the people that are there, but some people have been there for a heck of a long time. And often, as been the case, and you just pointed mm. it out, things don't change when people think it's the best option. But you get a fresh set of eyes in there, new people on management teams, they'll bring their ideas, and all of a sudden, wow, I'm glad we did that. These people don't know any better because they keep going to the same tried and trusted stuff. That clearly is not working at the moment for West Coast. Well, no, but clearly it now... It, it, seems to be indicating that they're going to give it one last chance. Well, how many Get chances? <laughs> well, they, they're, they're convinced that What this happened year... to the review of the whole football yeah. club? I'm not so sure there was ever, ever was one. But don't you review the business at the end of the season? Of course you do. And they've reviewed it and decided, Warren Coford, you'll continue as the performance manager, do our pre-season program, get the players fit, get the players healthy. Glenn Stewart, you know, you're the sports scientist. How long's, how long's Glenn Stewart been there? Oh, since the early, early 90s. And the doctors and physios also. It looks as though it's the same group going to continue. Now, on that as well, you've asked me a few times about what West Coast are up to in terms of delistings. My understanding is that players have been told there'll be no delistings from West Coast until after the trade period. So that's leaving a lot of players hanging on. I, I could delist a group straight away. Hugh Dixon will be gone for sure. Braden Ainsworth will be gone for sure. Josh Rotham, he's been told he should look around. He's got one more year on a contract, mm. so he has to go to an AFL club. And had mixed messages from a meeting with the coach and then another meeting with the football manager. Coach seemed to be okay. That when you come back, we need you to be fitter, healthier. We'll work on a few things. The footy manager indicated time to go. You've been a failure. So mixed messages, Isaiah Winder, Luke Edwards, Alex Witherden, Jackson Nelson, question mark, Patrick Nash. I could keep naming players that could quite easily be delisted to make room for about five or six draftees inside the first 38. Okay. Uh, interesting just coming through. 
from a contact here. Two more years for Rotham, end of 2024, but still, yeah, looking around, uh, according to this contact who's just uh, sending us a message. He is looking around. There's no question about that. Now, Haggers, just quickly, a couple of more texts on the temperate bedshed text line. Uh, Haggers and Pete, you both need to do four nights in a row. The best combination on SENWA. Keep up the great work on your mic. Thanks for that. I just started reading and then uh, found out it was the Mutual Admiration Society. Thanks <laughs> for that. I'm glad you're listening and I'm glad you're enjoying it. Norman Cal says, I said when the AFL brought in GWS and Gold Coast into the competition that it was a mistake as the two states are not AFL states and they should have included Tassie and the Northern Territory. Not huge populations, but AFL states with more opportunities for growth but they just wanted two teams in each state already in the AFL. No, they wanted to maximise the commerciality of the competition. Well, they also... And that's why Tasmania's not in it at this stage. Well, If Tasmania was a huge I... business hub with potential commercial benefits, there'd be a team out of there. But, that's why. And that, but that's what they thought the Western Sydney move would create. It yeah, hasn't. but it hasn't as yet. Um all right, Hackers, we're going to take our final break. I'm going to ask you, what are you looking forward to or what will you be watching out for this weekend in those two semifinals? Tomorrow night, Melbourne and Brisbane. And, could of they, course, Saturday could they night. Could be as good as last weekend again? Oh, surely not. Surely we – are we going to – I see potential two close games again. But can I tell you we being one spoiled thing? on I'm, last weekend? What we saw last weekend is – unbelievable in the sense that they came back from 41 points and then played some very exciting football. How much that was Frio? How much did Western Bulldogs really just fall off uh, the edge of the cliff remains to be seen? Has Collingwood's uh, luck run out? What did the loss do last week? And the fact, are Frio more settled because Nat Fife is not playing? We'll discuss all that after the break here on Drive with Peter Vlahos and Kim Hagdor. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Yes, uh, just repeating, uh, no changes for the Fremantle Dockers going into the match against the uh, Magpies Haggers. Uh, looking at uh, the Magpies, of course, Taylor Adams is a big out for them. He's injured and uh, the Medi sub from last weekend, Kruger, is out. Uh, Bianco comes in as uh, one of the players, and he's listed on the interchange bench for Collingwood. Uh, Melbourne, um, you're saying that you're quite surprised regarding the lines. I've lost uh, – They've Robinson's out and Matheson's out, and you're wondering who's going to actually match up on the likes of Oliver and Co. Yeah, for I, Melbourne. I don't, look, it's one of the things you said, you know, let, let's, let's throw out what are we looking forward to, and let's have some reaction yeah. from uh, – from uh, everyone out there, if, if you have your thoughts about what you're looking forward to. One of the things I'm looking forward to tomorrow night is Lockie Neal yeah. and Clayton Oliver. Now, they might not go head-to-head uh, around stoppages. They they probably will. I, I suspect that Melbourne will probably put someone on to Lockie Neal. Now, Angus Brayshaw, perhaps, you know, that, mm. that'd be, or even even James Harms. Brayshaw has that capacity to, to lock Viney. in. Well, not so much to, to run with... Neil, because mm. Viney just gets so much of his own. Yeah. He's such a creator, but he could as well. But I, I don't know what with Matheson out and Mitch Robinson out. I don't know what Brisbane are going to be able to do if they want to lock someone in on to Oliver, for instance. You know, so they and they haven't brought Jared Lyons back. Uh, I thought he may have been someone. Yeah, Jared Berry could perhaps play a run with on Oliver, but then he's got to go say into the centre square, and that would take someone away from uh, the Lions' preferred clearances group. But the, the two of these guys tomorrow night, they're, they're my one-two finish for the Brownlow medal. I think Oliver will probably pip 
Lockie Neal late in the season because Lockie Neal was tagged a couple of times late in the season. And I'm not getting, we're not, I'm not confusing Lockie Neal's amazing performance last Thursday night with Brownlow medal because you don't get any Brownlow medal votes in the finals. Yeah. I think Oliver is just a few votes ahead of Lockie Neal. I'd like to be proven wrong. But those two going head to head around the centre circle tomorrow night because their clearances, their clearances kings, they average about eight clearances a game and Lockie Neal's 15 last Thursday night. But what's, what I'm also looking forward to seeing if how Brisbane can cope with the MCG hoodoo. I mean, they, they just can't win at the MCG. Mm. They've lost their last 11 at the MCG. Lost 19 of their last 21 at the MCG. Haven't won at the MCG since round one of 2012. That's, that's 11 it, seasons. Can I, can I put a point in there now? Yep. Droughts are due to be broken. And when you least expect it to be broken, it often is. Yep. And that in me gives... And they did it last week. Many thought they wouldn't beat Richmond and they got over the line. Luck maybe has gone their way a bit. And here we are now at the MCG. They'll eventually win a big game at the MCG. Will it be tomorrow night? Now, Haggers. Uh, are you going to tip Brisbane? Uh, no, actually, I can read your mind, Peter. No, yeah, you've, but you've, it'll, you've it'll thrown be a that out. Well, what about this also? Don't forget that with Fremantle, for instance, statistics, Fremantle have won 11 and drawn one when they've taken 100 or more marks in a match. They won 11 and drawn one not and not mm. lost any when they've... Not when lost they, any. Not lost any. When, when they've, they've ta- taken 100 marks. Yes. Yeah, so... Watch out for that. Another... If Fremantle restrict an opposition to less than 100 marks, so mostly uncontested, they only have 60 points scored against them. When sides have taken more than 100 marks against them, they've scored 80 points against them. All those statistics, plus hoodoos, get thrown out the window... When the pressure of finals, the pressure, if you, how you cope with the pressure, everybody, is going to determine the winners mm. this weekend. Okay, very quickly, we had a, a number of texts. Adelaide has two teams. It's not a commercial business. Oh, that's up, a Paul. bit of shot at, but a saying a shot that, at Adelaide. saying that's an AFL state and they're uh, financial no, people like Toyota, Toyota and That's Cole. a tongue-in-cheek, yeah. that one. Uh, the wheels are falling off at West Coast. Probably the best to send them to Tasmania, oh. <laughs> which is interesting. Uh, looking forward, Pete Kim, I'm looking forward to Joe Danaher kicking at least oh. five goals last night. Oh. Can I ask you, there's been speculation before we go about Griffin Logue, reportedly that right. Fremantle have gone back to him with an increased yeah. offer. Yeah, they what have. do you know about that? Well, they've gone back to him with, with an increased offer, but it's nowhere near the offer that is on the table from North Melbourne for Griffin Logue. Mm-hmm. Once Fremantle, when Fremantle have played their last game, Rory Lobb, Blake Akers, Griffin Logue and Lloyd Meek are all expected to ask for trades. It's tight-lipped at the moment because the understanding amongst those players and their agents and Fremantle is just let's just shut up about it and try and win a semi-final, win a preliminary final, get into a grand final and see what the heck can happen then. Mm. So there's an agreement and I think you'll even find some scurrilous sort of speculation that some of these boys are going to stay at Fremantle now because I think Fremantle are trying their their darndest to keep it under, under wraps until they've gone. But... Griffin Logue, really good offer for four years at North Melbourne. It was an increased offer from Fremantle, but nothing like what he's liking, likely to get in the Eastern States. And I'll tell you what I'm looking forward to seeing, uh, particularly tomorrow night, is hopefully that Luke Jackson returns to some of the form that we saw early in the year when he was the talk of the AFL because last weekend he really did struggle. So we'll see what happens. Tough to predict. I think Melbourne will beat Brisbane. I, I suspect it'll be close. I think Brisbane will have a crack. 
There's no one known Joe Dana who can kick five goals, Lisa. He's playing on Stephen May. And I think, I just think it's too much for Fremantle to be able to beat Collingwood at the MCG on Saturday night. But it'll be tight. And I'm looking forward to the youth, the likes of Sarong and Brayshaw up against the Dacos boys. Some kids that are playing exciting, daring football. You've gone uh, Melbourne Collingwood. I'm going Brisbane Fremantle. I'm going to say <laughs> that Brisbane will break the drought at the MCG tomorrow night. So will and, Fremantle. And be a Melbourne, big one for them. Melbourne knocked out in straight sets. Thanks, Lee. Thanks, Jimmy. We'll catch you on the weekend.